Rude Grooms presents Shaken Not Speared, A Midsummer Night's Dream. Chapter One, The Court. We are joined here today by the court of Athens. I want to give a welcome to each of the people involved in the story you are about to hear, beginning with the father of Hermia, Lord Aegeus. My lord, thank you for joining us. Yes, good, uh, good to be here. The master of the revels for the court of Duke Theseus, Philostrate. Thank you for having me. This is mandatory in my case, but thank you. And of course, the newly minted Duchess of Athens, the Amazonian Hippolyta, my lady, thank you. Absolutely wonderful to be here, thank you. And of course, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Duke Theseus of Athens, thank you for allowing us into your domicile. Oh my goodness, thank you, it's an honor. I'm so glad we could fit you into my busy schedule. Theseus and Hippolyta, you were, were putting this wedding together quite soon after the conflict between your two countries had ended. You stepped on shore coming home from this war and immediately were in, in wedding preparation. Do we, do we have that timeline correct? I think absolutely on my part. I, I mean, once I was smitten, I was all in, as they say. Love really has no timeline. When you know what you want and what you want is served up, on a platter to you. You just dig in. The marriage of us coming together really stabilized the country in many ways that, that needed to be. And Athenians relished it. They really did enjoy it. Now, fair Hippolyta, our nuptial hour draws on apace. Four happy days bring in another moon. But oh, methinks how slow that old moon wanes. She lingers my desires like to a stepdame or a dowager, long withering out a young man's revenue. Four days will quickly steep themselves in nights. Four nights will quickly dream away the time, and then the moon, like to a silver bow, now bent in heaven, shall behold the night of our solemnities. Go, Philistrate, stir up the Athenian youth to merriments. Awake the pert and nimble spirit of mirth. Turn melancholy forth to funerals. The pale companion is not for our pomp. <clears throat> Hippolyta, I wooed thee with my sword, and won thy love, doing thee injuries. But I will wed thee in another key with pomp, with triumph, and with reveling. We have this newly minted couple who is, is looking for the smoothest transition to their wedding day as possible. And then in comes Aegeus. Happy be Theseus, our renowned duke. Thanks, good Aegeus. What's the news with thee? Full of vexation come I with complaint against my child, my daughter Hermia. Stand forth, Demetrius. My noble lord, this man hath my consent to marry Hermia. Stand forth, Lysander, and my gracious duke. This man hath bewitched the bosom of my child. Thou, thou, Lysander, thou hast given her rhymes and interchanged love tokens with my child. Thou hast by moonlight at her window sung with feigning voice verses of feigning love and stolen the impression of her fantasy with bracelets of thy hair, rings, Golds, conceits, snacks, trifles, nosegays, sweetmeats, messengers of strong prevailment in unhardened youth. With cunning hast thou filched my daughter's heart, turned her obedience, which is due to me, to stubborn harshness. And my gracious duke, be it so, she will not hear before your grace consent to marry with Demetrius, 
I beg the ancient privilege of Athens. As she is mine, I may dispose of her, which shall be either to this gentleman or to her death, according to our law, immediately provided in that case. What say you, Hermia? Be advised, fair maid, to you your father should be as a god. Demetrius is a trustworthy gentleman. So is Lysander. In himself he is, but in this kind, wanting your father's voice, the other must be held the worthy. I would my father look but with my eyes. Rather, your eyes must with his judgment look. I do beseech your grace, that I may know the worst that may befall me in this case, if I refuse to wed Demetrius. Either to die the death, or to abjure forever the society of men. Therefore, fair Hermia, question your desires. Know of your youth. Examine well your blood, whether, if you yield not to your father's choice, you can endure the livery of a nun. For I, to be in shady cloister mewed, to live a barren sister all your life, chanting fate hymns to the cold fruitless moon, thrice blessed they that master sow their blood, but earthlier happy is the rose distilled than that which withering on the virgin thorn grows, lives, and dies in single blessedness. So will I grow, so live, so die, my lord, ere I will yield my virgin patent up unto his lordship, whose unwished yoke my soul consents not to give sovereignty. Take time to pause. And by the next new moon, the seeming day betwixt my love and me for everlasting bond of fellowship, upon that day, either prepare to die for disobedience to your father's will, or else to wed Demetrius as he would or on Diana's altar to protest for I, austerity, and single life. Relent, sweet Hermia, and Lysander yield that crazy title to my certain right. You have her father's love, Demetrius. Let me have Hermia's. Do you marry him? <laughs> Scornful Lysander. True, he hath my love. And what is mine, my love shall render him. And she is mine, and all my right of her I do estate unto Demetrius. I am, my lord, as well-derived as he, as well-possessed. My love is more than his. My fortune's every way as fairly ranked, if not with vantage, as Demetrius. And, which is more than all these boasts can be, I am beloved of beauteous Hermia. Why should not I then prosecute my right? Demetrius, I'll avouch it to his head, made love to Nader's daughter, Helena, no, 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 and no. won her soul, mm -hmm. and she, sweet lady, dotes, devoutly dotes, My dotes Lord. in idolatry upon his, this, this, this spotted and inconsistent man. I must confess that I have heard so much, and with Demetrius thought to have spoke thereof, but being overfull of self-affairs, my mind did lose it. But Demetrius, come, and Aegeus, you shall go with me. I have some private schooling for you both. For you, fair Hermia, Look, you arm yourself to fit your fancies to your father's will, or else the law of Athens yields you up, which by no means we may extenuate to death or to a vow of single life. Come, my Apollo, what cheer, my love? Hmm? Demetrius and Aegeus, go along. I must employ you in some business against our nuptial and confer with you of something nearly that concerns yourselves. With duty and desire, we follow you. Aegeus went straight. Aegeus, you went straight for the. My daughter must obey me, otherwise I reserve my right to to put her to death. Now, I Theseus, I have to ask you, how common is this practice? It is extremely rare. It is not common at all. Um, but he called it out, and if one calls it out, then it must be put on the table. That said, I think I offered a much fairer, more rational alternative. Which, remind us for those uh, for those listening at home, that was? Well, she could go into a convent. She could become a nun. 
It's a great place to live, great food, and you know, you're not going to be troubled there. Uh, Aegeus, let me focus over to, to you very quickly. How long had you had this marriage contract between your daughter Hermia and Demetrius? Shortly after they were born, I think it was drawn up, actually. So we're, we're talking about something years oh, in years, the making. Oh, years in the making, yes. No, no this, this, this was not something I said lightly. I used it as a last resort. It was not my first resort. I tried to reason with the girl. I tried to reason with Lysander. None of that worked. So it became time to go to drastic measures. Walk me through how, how as a father, you could arrive at a place where you were ready and willing to, to sentence your only child, your only daughter, to, to execution. How, how does one arrive at a place like that? It's not easy. Something you don't do lightly. But I was rather, I was enraged. There was a lot at stake a lot on the line. And if a whim of a young girl can throw that into disarray, then you have to invoke the law. Tradition has a place in society. And when you start fooling with tradition, the whole social fabric can be torn down. Hippolyta, let me, let me switch over to you. Were you familiar with the customs and culture of Athens before arriving? Uh, in the city itself? I was fairly familiar with it. Our laws are very similar in Amazonia. I was surprised, though, that the father would have his own daughter killed. I know for myself, had I had a daughter, I probably would have, I would have reconsidered my options as opposed to slaughtering her outright. I, see. I mean, in, in our society, the female is exalted above all. I mean, as a matter of fact, you know that we often raid villages and slaughter all the men. Men men don't react or act sanely in these situations they think they're gods and they're not that phrase in particular is interesting to me because theseus your position as is being portrayed as uh in lockstep with aegeus there's even one accounting that's quoting you as saying when counseling hermia bear in mind your father should be as a god to you. Is that accurate as far as you recall? As far as I recall, yes, I did make that statement. Why not counsel Aegeus off of this ledge? Why go along with this old law as opposed to um, trying to offer an alternative course of action? Let's just stick to the facts here. I offered not once, not twice, but three times an alternative. And also, let's put the focus back where focus is due. And this is on these poor young lovers who are just absolutely besotted with one another. And when you're that young, you really can't make choices in your right mind. You don't know, you know how love is going to play out. So I was trying to help them out, give them an out, while paying respect to, to Aegeus. Could you talk a bit about your relationship with Aegeus? Aegeus and I go way back. He is a trusted colleague. I respect him deeply. Did the history between you two, would you say that that played a factor in your your willingness to to grant his invocation of this, as you said, arcane law? I'm a man who likes to be forward thinking. Um, if you could pose some questions uh, not on such a sticky topic, I think my lawyer would really appreciate that. Fair, fair enough. We are uh, We are going to take a very short break 
And when we return our conversations with Duke and Duchess Theseus and Hippolyta, Master of the Revels Philostrate, and Lord Aegeus, right after this. If you're enjoying Shaken Not Speared, we think you might also like our podcast, This Wooden O, which is also hosted by Daniel Kemper alongside me, Montgomery Sutton. Each week, Daniel and I sit down with a much cooler guest to nerd out on all things theater, pop culture, philosophy, tea, and so much more as we endeavor to save the world one drink at a time. All 18 episodes of season one are available now. Find This Wouldn't Know wherever you get podcasts. Upon hearing this judgment, we know that Hermia and Lysander planned to steal away. They planned to elope outside the limits of the city and therefore outside the limits of the law. Starting with you, Aegeus, when did you first discover that Hermia had indeed run away? Well, I, I discovered it the next morning. At first, I wondered if Lysander had actually kidnapped her. And I went to Theseus and I said, we need, we need to go and we need to find, we need to make a party, a search party and go after them and find them and bring this Lysander to justice. Theseus, talk a little bit about where where you were mentally when you heard the news. Yeah, if I was going to be honest, I just really wasn't there. When I look into Hippolyta's eyes, I lose myself entirely. Mm. I lose myself entirely. And I was also really excited about getting the opportunity to let my hounds, you know, get out and run around. Oh, golly gee willikers, do I love those dogs. They just get me really excited. No, I was totally preoccupied. I really wanted to get out there and hunt. I wanted to do it with Palta by my side. You know, show her what a real hound is made up, if you know what I mean. And then I, I stumbled upon these lovers. I was shocked. Go, one of you. Find out the forester. For now, our observation is performed. And since we have the wayward of the day, my love shall hear the music of my hounds. Uncoupled in the western valley, let them go. Dispatch, I say, and find the forester. We will, fair queen, up to the mountain's top and mark the musical confusion of hounds and echo in conjunction. I was with Hercules and Cadmus once, when in a wood of Crete they bade the bear with hounds of Sparta, and never did I hear such gallant chiding. For besides the groves, the skies, the fountains, every region near seem all one mutual cry. I never heard so musical a discord, such sweet thunder. My hounds are bred out of the Spartan kind, so <sighs> flowed, so sanded, and their heads are hung with ears that sweep away the morning dew, crook-kneed and dew-lapped like Thessalian bulls. Slow in pursuit, but matched in mouths like bells, each under each. A cry more tunable was never hallowed to, nor cheered with horn in Crete, in Sparta, nor in Thessaly. Judge when you hear. Oh, uh, my lord, this is my daughter here asleep, and this Lysander, this Demetrius is, this Helena, oh, Nader's Helena, I, I wonder of this being here together. Oh, but speak, Aegeus, is not this the day that Hermia should give answer of her choice? It is, my lord. Go, bid the huntsmen wake them with their horns. Good morrow, friends. St. Valentine is past. Uh, begin these woodbirds but a couple now? Pardon, my lord? I pray you all stand up. 
Mm. I know you two are rival enemies. How comes this gentle concord in the world that hatred is so far from jealousy to sleep by hate and fear no enmity? My lord, I shall reply amazedly, half asleep, half waking, but as yet I swear, I, I cannot truly say how I came here. But as I think for truly what I speak, and now I do bethink me, so it is, I came with Hermia hither. Our intent was to be gone from Athens, where we might be without the peril of the Athenian law. Enough, enough, my lord. You have enough. I beg the law, the law upon his head. They would have stolen away. They would, Demetrius, thereby to have defeated you and me, you of your wife, and me of my consent. Oh, my consent that she should be your wife. My lord. Ah. Uh. Fair Helen told me of their stealth, of this their purpose hither to this wood, and I in fury hither followed them. Fair Helena, in fancy, followed me. But my good lord, I know not by what power, but by some power it is, my love to Hermia melted as the snow. Seems to me now as the remembrance of an idol god, which in my childhood I did dote upon. And all the faith, the virtue of my heart, the object and pleasure of mine eye, is only Helena. Yes! To her, my lord, was I betrothed ere I saw Hermia, but like a sickness I did loathe this food, but as in health come to my natural taste, now do I wish it, love it, long for it, and will forevermore be true to it. Fair lovers, you are fortunately met. Aegeus, I will overbear your will, for in the temple, by and by with us, these couples shall eternally be knit. <laughs> and for the morning now is something worn, our purposed hunting shall be set aside. Away with us to Athens, three and three. We'll hold a feast in great solemnity. Come, Hippolyta. But immediately I knew what was happening when I saw them. You were able you were able to tell right away. What what gave it away? Well, well you know, lovers. Eyewitness accounts have described it as somewhat of a, a tame scene are you implying that that's not the case was there was oh, there something untoward goodness. i'm looking to my lawyer here to my right he says just tread carefully um clothes off limbs entangled i saw fruits and berries strewn about now who knows but it the scene pointed to a bacchanalian debacle really Real now, okay. Something that scandalous. How that could get lost uh, in the recounting of an already incredible tale, I would imagine, does not happen without a little bit of fixing going on behind the scenes. I'm looking at you, Philistrate. Oh. Theseus has just given us a a massively different accounting of what we have previously been told about this story. Is there anything you'd like to, to comment on? At the court, we hear lots of wacky gossip going on about town, and, and we, we have to funnel it down into what's true and what's not. When I hear stories of what's going on in the woods, I, I think that these people might be eating one too many funky mushrooms, as it were. It doesn't seem uh, very real to me and reliable as a resource. So um, 
we kind of just channel that down and turn it into a plain old, you know, story of this person did this and this person did this. And there was G-rated kissing. Make it simple. Keep it simple. Were you present with the, the hunting party or did this news make its way back to you at court? No, no, no. I would never go into the woods. What am I, a hedonist who goes camping? No, I don't do that. I just, you know, I stay at home and, you know, sit on my chaise lounge and read my books and drink my wine. And I don't go into the woods. That's for the peasants. A recrafting to such degree as the, the master of revels for the house. How did you make sure that everything stayed on track and this story did not become a scandal that overshadowed your your lord's wedding day oh well we do what everyone else does we threaten death i mean you know this person says marry me or you'll die or do this or you'll die we do the same thing we lock the door and we bring all the scribes in and we say this is what you'll write or you know you'll die i see now hippolyta i have to i have to ask coming uh from a place like amazonia that is, that's no stranger to, to violence. How did you feel sort of witnessing these sort of clandestine threats of, of violence as a manner of conducting business? How did this strike you? If I may say, first of all, fake news, fake news. Fitherstrate was there. Censoring of the press is what happened. And we are not used to this at all, at all. Mm -hmm. We allow the press to report as seen. Yes, he's, he tells the truth there. He did threaten the press. It is fake news, however, that he was not there and did not see that Bacchanalian festival happening. As far as I was concerned, it was just children making love. Often, you know, Theseus is unsheathed with me, and I know that I enjoy it greatly. And uh, I'm sorry, what was the question? You more or less answered it. It seems to be that the, the shadow of violence looms large in the Athenian streets. We will be back right back after a short break. Can't wait for the next episode of Shaken Not Speared? Point that web browser over to youtube.com slash Shakespeare Happy Hours, where you can watch 90-minute live stream productions of all of Shakespeare's plays by an international ensemble that includes several actors from this podcast. Shakespeare Happy Hours were produced in the early months of the pandemic, a joint effort between Rude Grooms and Seven Stages Shakespeare Company. Learn more at shakespearehappyhours.com. My Lord Aegeus, I understand that Theseus and Hippolyta are not the only ones in the warm afterglow of uh, recent nuptials. I understand that you just gained a son-in-law, but I'm not entirely sure if I should be saying congratulations. How's that sitting with you? Uh, still not sitting that well. I have come aware of some information. I'm not sure what happened that night in the woods, but it appears that I am about to be a grandfather. In a oh, few well, that's, that's exciting. Uh, I, How would you describe your relationship with, uh, with Hermia and Lysander now, your daughter and your son-in-law? Does the fact that you're going to be a, a grandfather soon, does that help sort of soften the the blow of all of these events i guess it softens it a little bit a month's not enough time but i'm, I'm glad that if, if that's if he is in fact the father that this nuptial was put together demetrius was my first choice always will be my first choice i, I want to touch on that for a moment the following morning it was actually demetrius 
who objected and uh, and claimed that he was now seeking to marry Helen. Yeah, I, I think it was some kind of a hallucinogenic or something that they, they took that night. I, I, I don't think he was thinking with a clear head when he was saying that. Do you still maintain a, relation, a relationship with Demetrius now? You know, he's, he's kind of out of the picture, and uh, it's, there are some time, things you have to move on from. I still respect the boy. I still like the boy very much. But what I hear through the grapevine is that uh, he's not so happy with the choice he made. Yeah, mm -hmm. Apparently, Helena can be a bit of a, <clears throat> shall we say, ball buster. And uh, I think Demetrius is having a period of adjustment. Interesting. We're going to put a pin in, in that really quickly because I, the person that I'm actually the most interested to, to talk to around this is probably the person who was most closely uh, associated with logistics. Philistrate, mm. you started out having to arrange festivities for one wedding, and then, you know, within a very short period of time, you had to start planning for three. As a man who has eons of experience with this kind of thing, it starts with a color palette, you know? And um, I thought, you know, I thought red, because I thought passion. I thought, you know, romance and love and war and then um i just kind of looked for uh, a play that kind of played with that here come the lovers full of joy and mirth joy gentle friends joy and fresh days of love accompany your hearts more than to us wait in your royal walks your board your bed come now what masks what dances shall we have to wear away this long age of three hours between our after supper and bedtime where is our usual manager of mirth? Hmm? What revels are in hand? Is there no play to ease the anguish of a torturing hour? Call Aegeus. Here, mighty Theseus. Say, what abridgment have you for this evening? What mask? What music? How shall we beguile the lazy time if not with some delight? Uh, there is a brief how many sports are rife. Make choice of which your highness will see first. The battle with the centaurs to be sung by an Athenian eunuch to the harp. Will none of that. That I have told my love in <laughs> glory of my kinsman Hercules. The right of the tipsy Bacchanals tearing the Thracian singer in their rage. <clears throat> uh, that is an old device. And it was played when I from Thebes came last a conqueror. The thrice three muses mourning for the death of learning late deceased in beggary. That is some satire keen and critical not sorting for our nuptial ceremony. A tedious, brief scene of young Pyramus and his love, Thisbe. Very tragical mirth. Merry and tragical? Tedious and brief? That is hot ice and wondrous strange snow. How shall we find the concord of this discord? Hmm? A play, there is, my lord, some ten words long, which is as brief as I have known a play. But by ten words, my lord, it is too long. Which makes it tedious, for in all the play there is not one word apt, one player fitted, and tragical, my noble lord, it is, for Pyramus therein doth kill himself, which when I saw rehearsed, I must confess, made mine eyes water, but more merry tears, the passion of loud laughter, never shed. What are they that do play it? Hard-handed men that work in Athens here, which never labored in their minds till now and now have toiled their unbreathed memories with this same play against your nuptials. And we will hear it. <laughs> no, no, my 
noble lord. It is not for you. I, I have heard it over, and it is nothing, nothing in the world, unless you can find sport in their intents, extremely stretched and conned with cruel pain to do you so. I will hear that play, for never anything can be amiss when simpleness and duty tender it. Go, bring them in, and take your places, ladies. I love not to see wretchedness or charge, and duty in his service perishing. Why, gentle sweet, you shall see no such thing. Oh, he says they can do nothing in this kind. The kinder we to give them thanks for nothing. Our sport shall be to take what they mistake, and what poor duty cannot do, noble respect, takes it in might, not merit. There, so please, your grace, the prologue is addressed. Ah, let him approach. If we offend, it is with our good will that you should think... What was it about this play that was special? Oh, there was nothing special about this play. This was my fourth choice. Really? Uh, oh, yes. I mean, there was, uh, there was like a, someone singing with a harp, and there was there was another one I can't even remember. And then these, you know, carpenters and metallurgy people came in, and they said, oh, we, we act, we do things. And uh, it was not very good when I saw it rehearsed, but it was the chosen one. How did, how did something as... Uh as bad as you describe, even make it into consideration. Uh, to be honest, I was uh, fairly busy planning the after party, and that was where my mind was. So the actual ceremony, which was a, 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 for the public, was uh, kind of less important in my mind than really putting it all out there for the after party. So then explain to me how this bottom of the barrel fourth choice ends up being center stage. How how does that happen? Have you ever been in a position where someone just keeps coming at you and coming at you and coming at you and you're like, you know, you've you've denied so many times that, you know, they've just broken you down. Uh, this was that situation. You're saying that uh, this company really, this theater company really lobbied hard for, for their spot. Oh, yes. Most theater companies do. Uh, desperate mm -hmm. fellows who uh, will just not stop. The, the one thing I could say for theater companies is that their hands don't break. <laughs> they write letter after letter after letter. And, you know, after a while, you just, you know, you break down and just give them what they want because, you know, it's what, what, what are you going to do? Keep telling them no? Your throat gets sore and you're, you know, I, uh, I, I lose battles uh, quite often. From from the audience's perspective, uh, Theseus, Hippolyta, and Aegeus, what did you all think of the play? Well, I I thought it started slowly, but by the end, I was totally absorbed. I, 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 I for example, when when the the Pyramus character, in the end, talked to the moon, shining so bright, glittering beams, this beside, I was, I was words don't, can't capture my feelings. Theseus, what were your, what were your thoughts on the on the play as someone who had the final say? Uh, how did it how did it strike you? You know, I see so much theater, and I really was looking for something new, something to break that formula uh, that's so often produced. And when this option was presented to me, I thought that's it—a fresh, new take. This cast really had something. They brought themselves. They brought their humanity and there is nothing more 
entertaining, and touching than watching the common man fumble on the stage. I couldn't have picked a better play. What, uh, what in particular stood out uh, to you? Well, I, I think uh, all are in agreement. Uh, Aegeus, uh, would you agree as well? The moment when Bottom wept. The play for me was uh, a diversion. Uh, mm-hmm. I was still stinging from what had happened at the wedding. But they say laughter is the best medicine, and uh, there was certainly humor there. And yes, so the-, the moment when Bottom, his, 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 his death, I thought, was... was uh, rather full. So we're it sounds like we're we're all in agreement that the that the play was was moving that it was an enjoyable an enjoyable night at the theater. I'm I'm just curious, have you invited them or do you have plans to invite them back to court for another performance? Feel straight, can we slot them in? I mean, if if we must, then we must, but I mean, But they were hilarious in the death 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 who doesn't love well, death. I didn't think there was a Supposed to be hilarious. Although I do love when actors die, I will admit that you seem to you seem to have a a somewhat anti artist streak in you, Philistrate. Do you care to comment on that? I wouldn't say it's anti artist. I would say it's pro death. You know, in the olden times, you know, when, when an actor would forget his lines, they'd really kill him on stage, and that was you know that is stakes. You know that is art, and I think we've gone backwards. We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our donors. If you'd like to support our work, please visit rudegrooms.com to make a one-time donation, or patreon.com slash rudegrooms to make a monthly pledge and get exclusive behind-the-scenes access, including an archival live stream of the recording session for A Midsummer Night's Dream. There have been rumors about some kind of supernatural element in the wood. Philistrate, I have to ask if rumors of, of magic and fairies are, are commonplace? Yeah, I would say, again, funky mushrooms. That is the result of funky mushrooms. Theseus? All I know is that before I met Hippolyta, my lovely wife, um, I would occasionally go to the woods to, to meet with... Um, some people who lived there, this one particular woman, Titania, was just lovely. But fairies? No, no, no. That's 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 ridiculous. You describe a woman named Titania who who lives in the woods? That's correct. Would you care to describe your relationship with this person? Yes, please. I would say uh, a, a an amorous one, but <sighs> she paled in comparison to you, my dear. You have an ongoing relationship with a a woman who lives in the woods who goes by the name I'm sorry did I did I hear that is Titania uh yes that's correct you know you had just asked the question about magic and fairies and if we believe that stuff and Mm -hmm. this woman to me happens to be very magical and it was just a fling just a fling my dear (laughs) don't you worry your pretty little face magical in 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 what way can you elaborate on that. Yes, can you elaborate on that, dear? You know, she enjoys flitting about. You know, she's just sort of this lovely airy creature and oh, you should see the the kiddos she hangs out with. Oh, their names. Peas Bud and 
snooty or something like that. These characters are just a riot. But she's got a whole gang out there and they seem to have fun and, you know, to each their own. I try not to put titles on things. Philistrate, anything to add? Yes, I, I, I believe you described her as having a gang. And that's exactly what uh, she has. Uh, they don't pay taxes. And she flits about to the woods. I think it's just someone working uh, at their own accord, uh, not represented by this kingdom. And I, for one, do not support it. We need more tax dollars. And that's why I say tax the people of the woods. Don't let them live willy-nilly. Theseus, how often has Philistrate brought up this concern to you and suggested that you impose a tax on Titania and this, this woodland band? Frequently. He lives and dies by the dollar. And your rationale for not imposing taxes on people who who live off of the land just outside of your own borders? Well, I believe you just gave the answer. They live off the land. They don't have money. There's nothing to tax. Yet you maintain an active relationship no, with these no, people. No, no, Sorry, no, no, I, no. You are I had no... a fling with Titania. She was lovely, but now I'm married. All eyes on Hippolyta. Fling with Titania. So there is no active relationship with... This, this woods woman. None. None. Hippolyta, you seem to have very strong opinions about this. Were you aware previously of, uh, of the Duke's previous relationship, your husband's previous relationship? I was not. 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 Can you walk us through what's, what's going on in your mind right now? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know whether I'm on fire or just extremely disappointed. But I mean, what can I say? Men will be whatever they'll be. I am just, uh, is it ongoing? That's what I want to know. Is it, is it ongoing? Come now, you've had previous <laughs> lovers. Admit it, admit it. Does it make any impact at all that Theseus denies having any, any further relationship with Titania? I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure I find a great deal of sincerity in that response. Uh, there seems to be... Uh, a lot of hedging and dodging and weaving. I would, I would trust Theseus. I know you're you're new in this relationship, but uh, we all sowed our wild oats at one time or another. And I know that he is very much infatuated and loves you very much. Oh, thank you. Coming from you, I I feel much better. Let's let's move back on to uh, to a happier subject. How are you finding the married life? How are you? coming to terms with your your new son-in-law the you mentioned earlier that you're going to become a grandfather Aegeus how has life moved forward for all of you Aegeus let me start with you I'm giving Lysander a short rope and I think he's going to hang himself very shortly those are strong words for the for the father of your future grandchild like I said he's not going to be around for the birth probably he'll be off is there anything that he could do to change your opinion does a leopard ever change its spots so how am i i'm guarded i am concerned about my daughter and my grandson the bastard when lysander disappears is he a, a bastard it, it would seem that he was conceived in wedlock no i think it happened the night before the wedding what precautions are you making to to see that your daughter and her child would be cared for when he leaves We'll track him down, 
I don't care where he goes, we will find him and he will pay. Okay. Philistrate, how has life continued to move forward for you since since the events of the wedding? Uh, the sounds coming from the North Wing have uh, become more dramatic, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but other than that, yes, uh, uh, I continue to uh, scout for new talent. So, you know, if you are interested in performing in Athens, please contact me. We always have an open call and we're always uh, willing to see singers, burlesque acts, anything. Hippolyta, let me come to you next. How are you finding your time in a new city far away from Amazonia? How are you finding married life how are you adjusting well, prior to this conversation i was loving all of it i mean the city is vibrant and until i found out that he is somewhat unfaithful i was oh, in heaven i mean really and those sounds that you hear philistrate mm. but now you've opened a can of worms young man that i i'm not sure can ever be resealed a part of me is now sequestered away Hmm. untrusting theseus is there anything that you would like to offer to hippolyta well my darling i'm going to do everything i can to put those worms back in that can and seal the lid um but uh to get back to your original question what will be you know what we've been up to and what we'll be doing i really was looking forward to putting together my three-year plan which uh in the near term uh involves day-to-day -day ruling of the country uh but i do tend to drown in paperwork and it is exhausting constantly meeting with my constituents um, so when I'm not doing that, I like to decompress and unwind by hunting with my dogs, spending time with my with my new wife, and then conquering, really. Let's not forget the conquering part. You know, that's that's how I met my wife, uh, was conquering. We'll just have to see what the next three years unfold. So there are there are more wars on the on the horizon, so to speak. What do you see for your household in the future? Does there ever come a point? where you decide to to hang up your sword do you ever see yourself coming to the place where you feel that there are no more worlds to conquer no you know when you're given this gift you have to use it until death how do you square that with having this new bride and i'm assuming you will you will want children to carry on to carry on your name well, I was just going to say, you know, you square it by creating life, which I, I look forward to doing again and again. That is all the time we have. My Lord Aegeus, Master of the Revels, Philostrate, Duchess Hippolyta, and Duke Theseus, I want to thank you all so much for allowing us to ask you these questions and tell your story. It has been a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, now, Theseus, may I speak to you? Shaken Not Speared, A Midsummer Night's Dream is actor-managed by Daniel Kemper, based on the play A Midsummer Night's Dream by William Shakespeare. Featuring Daniel Kemper, David Sittler, Nicholas Greco, Jerome Harmon Hardiman, Elizabeth Ahrens, Anne Flanagan, Michael Schenefelt, Kara Arena, Samantha Simone, and Laura Piccoli. Becca Kaplan was the production manager. Original music is by Kara Arena. Produced and edited by Montgomery Sutton. Sound design, production, and mixing is by Lupo Blue Productions. This podcast is made possible in part by the Queen's Council on the Arts, with public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council, and individual contributions from our Patreon supporters. 
Join them to gain exclusive donor access at patreon.com slash rudegrooms.